Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern and I am so excited to start this fall series of This One Thing podcast with you. My dear friend Crystal Wright is here with me today. Hello, Crystal. So great to see you. Hi. I can't believe this is the fall, but it's what, 113 degrees yeah, out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you get in the teens, it's just, it doesn't matter anymore. It's all relative, right? But we're inside in the air conditioning, and I'm so excited to jump into God's Word with you. When we talked about starting up again this September, your specific request was that we talk about Jesus, um, a story of Jesus, a parable of Jesus, that we contemplate his words. And I just, I can't think of a better way to start our fall. So together we chose Mark chapter 4, specifically verse 40. But in a few minutes, I'm going to read the context around our verse because it is a story. And it's important that we see the bigger picture of why Jesus is saying what he's saying in our verse of the week. But Crystal, before I get into that, would you set us up, talk quickly about the context of this passage, starting in verse 35 through 41 of Mark 40 is really our passage. But talk about the immediate context and how Jesus is setting up what he's about to say in our verse of the week. The story comes kind of at the early part of his teaching and traveling ministry with his disciples. And so I do feel like the Lord is setting them up for this experience that they are getting ready to have. And this chapter is one of the more famous chapters of the parables that are well known that Jesus is teaching. And so he's going around teaching crowds. His disciples are following him. But what's interesting is after he gets done teaching the parables to the crowds, the disciples get this little insider experience with Jesus where he sits them down and explains the parables to them. So they're kind of at the height of getting to just really soak in the teaching of Jesus and be on the inside of what what does it mean, everything that he's saying as they move into this story and this experience that they're having, I just think it's helpful to know that, that they are probably in a lot of ways at the height of what they feel like um, this exciting new venture with Jesus is, and they're on the inside of it, and they really know what's going on. And then I also just want to remind listeners that majority of Jesus' disciples, or a large portion of them, were actually fishermen. And so the fact that this is all taking place on a boat as well, I think, is is important as we move into reading the story. Mm-hmm. So good. And I love how you set us up. I, I agree. I think the disciples were probably very excited. At this point, Jesus is very popular. You know, everybody's following Jesus around. Jesus the Messiah. Is he the Messiah? Is, is he the promised one? And there is all this excitement and all of this talk about Jesus. So they're on the in crowd, maybe for the first time in their lives as fishermen. So our verse of the week, I'll read it first. Verse 40 says, Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So that is our verse of the week. So we see right off the bat, before I even share the context, we're either operating in fear or faith. So let me read the verses just before our verse of the week so we can unpack that a little bit and then pull out our truth. Starting in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, 
let's cross to the other side of the lake. So you're right, right here, they're being set up. Let, I have an idea, guys, let's go for a boat ride. So they took Jesus in a boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind them. And this cracks me up in parentheses, although other boats followed them. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill up with water. So I've been to Israel. I've actually been on the Sea of Galilee. It's not a sea at all. It's a lake. But what happens is a phenomenon there because the Sea of Galilee, which is only one of its many names these days, is lower than sea level. So in the evening, as the hot air of the day is rising, you have the cool evening air rushing down the mountainsides. It's completely surrounded by hills and mountains. So you have this vortex of hot and cold air, and it can really make the waters tumultuous. You have the swirling air that's coming down, and it was a little bit choppy when I was on the Sea of Galilee in the evening as well. So it is a phenomenon that can happen there. It's not common. It's pretty rare, but it does happen. And I did experience it. But I'm just thinking these are guys that are used to, you know, fishing on boats, fishing boats that are not super sturdy and big on lakes. So it's not like they're used to being out in the ocean with big, crazy waves. So Jesus decides to take them intentionally, knowing that the storm is coming Resuming in verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat, so further setting them up, with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and they're shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Or some some translations say that we're going to perish. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence. That can also be translated that word as peace or be quiet be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So the interesting thing here, it's a double command. It's silence, be still, or quiet, be at peace, be still. But it's written in the Greek in the aorist tense, which means it's a singular one-time command. Jesus said one time, to the waves, to the wind, to the storm, be still. And it responded because the storm knows who Jesus is. All storms know who Jesus is. The storms in our lives, the physical storms in creation, the storm always knows the voice of its creator. Jesus created the storm. Jesus set the disciples up for this storm. And what he's asking them before we get to the choice is the truth is, why are you afraid? And I believe the truth for me, Crystal, in this is if I actually know him, really know him, and if the disciples really knew him, they would not be afraid. The only time we're afraid is when we are lacking in love, like 1 John chapter 4 talks about. Perfect love destroys fear. Perfect love destroys any anxiety, anything in our lives that is not of God. We need more love. Love destroys fear. And so Jesus is asking the disciples here, don't you know me? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I am the one who commands the winds and the waves? Don't you know that I'm in charge? Don't you know that I'm the God who never sleeps or slumbers? 
You think I'm sleeping? You think I don't know what's going on? If you knew me, you wouldn't be afraid. And so for me, that's the truth that we really need to pull out of this passage. You know, it was interesting for me when we were talking about this podcast and starting again, I chose this passage, shared it with you before I remembered that this was the last passage that my sister Kim wrote about in her blog before she passed away. So she wrote on this very passage and her blog was posted on May 11th of this year and she passed away on May 13th after a 10-year battle with ALS. And it was interesting because I just want to read a very small little paragraph here that she wrote about this because I think it really pulls out this truth as well of if we really know who he is, the fear in our lives is going to be destroyed. And, and we have to look at the storm she was facing, the storm of ALS where she's completely paralyzed. She's on a ventilator to breathe. She's on a feeding tube. She's completely dependent on machines to live. And yet her faith was so strong because she knew her God and he was bigger than the storm of ALS in her life. This is what Kim says back in May 11th when she posted this. When the disciples woke Jesus up because they were afraid for their lives, Jesus said to the wind and the waves, quiet, be still. And then he challenged the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were in awe that the wind and the sea obeyed him. But ironically, it would have been even more amazing if when Jesus said, quiet, be still, the disciples would have obeyed instead. <laughs> and I just loved that. I'm like, yes, I, I need to respond to the voice that's saying, Carrie, peace, quiet, be still. Why are you looking at the storm? Why are you fixed on the hard things and the broken things and the painful things, the storms around you? Why are you not looking at me and who I am? Because if you know me and you're looking at me and you're focused on me instead of the storms in your life, you won't be afraid. So Crystal, that's the truth that I pull out of this passage. Go ahead and share with us the truth that really hit home for you this week. You hit the nail on the head. I think that is the whole point of this experience and also the question. What I would add to that that I was reflecting on is how necessary it is that Jesus takes us through this process of coming into tension of that fear and faith conflict because it's part of the process of uprooting out of our lives anything that was still part of our old framework, our old understanding, even to talk about it kind of in biblical terms, right? There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of this world. It's the reality of this broken world that we live in. And then there's the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God and what we are being redeemed into. And it is a necessary process for God to take us to this point of un being uncomfortable in the tension between our fear. And that's what I see with the disciples. It's like they're starting to see Jesus. They're starting, but they don't get it all yet. And so they have this tension and it's necessary I think each one of us has to walk that journey for God to really show us what is fear rooted in, because there's a foundation under fear, right? And the reality mm -hmm. is there's plenty to be afraid of. And if we don't have 
a hope of redemption, we probably should have fear in our lives. I mean, this world is full of many things that should be upsetting to us, but he's in this process of transforming the disciples out of their old understanding of the world, of their relationship with God, and transferring it into this very personal relationship with himself, with Jesus Christ. And so that is the whole point, is to really, really know him and the storms are the pathway into that because we have to wrestle with the faith issue and who is the faith in. And and that's Jesus's questions. You know, it's not where, where is your faith in general? Do you not believe in a God? They believed in a God, but he's saying, do you not believe in me? Do you not know me? So it's a hard process, but a necessary process. Absolutely. And, you know, we have to keep in mind too, that the disciples had just listened to him preaching and sharing all these parables and literally bringing them the kingdom of Mm -hmm. heaven. But we also, through the power of the Holy Spirit, have that truth revealed and available to us. And so this powerful truth, simple in theory, massively difficult to apply in reality, but it demands demands a choice. We have to make a choice today. And for me, the choice is... Every time I am afraid, because like you said, there are many, many things to steal our focus and attention. I mean, fear has been around since the Garden of Eden. So we're lying if we say we're never afraid. Fear is a result of this broken, fallen world. We have a deceiver. He's First Peter 5 eight, a roaring lion. He's seeking to destroy and devour us. John 10.10 says he's come to rob and kill and destroy us. So he's working overtime to produce fear in our lives. So the question isn't, will I ever be afraid? It's what is the choice that I'm going to make when that fear comes against me? And so the choice that I want to make, that I encourage all of us to make, is every time fear comes against me, I want to actively seek to know God and his love for me more. That should drive me into the word. And that should drive me into resources. And I just shared part of Kim's blog. Her website is a tremendous resource for people that are fighting fear in the storm of their life because she walked through ALS for 10 years with eyes on Jesus. And so now she's this powerhouse of an example. Not that we're trying to be like Kim, but Kim's faith points us back to Jesus. And so her website, Kim Ordilly, O-R-D-I-L-E.com, KimOrdilly.com, all kinds of blogs. Her book is available there, a tremendous resource for fighting fear. On our website, FetterFree, F-E-T-T-E-R, free.com, all kinds of messages, the freedom exercises on there. It's an easy way to biblically go through how to reject fear, which is a result of deception and condemnation in our lives. We need to say every time fear comes against me, I'm going to choose to reject it, but most importantly, get to know how loved I am. A good passage to meditate on would be 1 John chapter 4, right around verses 19 through 21. Just just meditate in, in 1 John chapter 4, actually starting in verse 16, and meditate on how God's love in your life obliterates the fear. If we study how much he loves us, and if we ask him to invade our lives with more of his love, if we choose that, we won't operate in fear because it is. At the end of the day, we are either operating in fear or we're operating in faith. And if we have no faith, it's because we don't know him. He is love. 
And if we're looking at the storms in our lives and responding in fear, it's because we really don't know, first of all, who he is, therefore how much he loves us. So that's my choice. Crystal, what's the choice that you want to encourage us to make this week? I really reflected on my own season of life where I felt like I was the disciples in the story to mm-hmm. to kind of come up with my choice. And so I'm sure like many of the listeners, I've had my season where I felt like life was overtaking me and I wasn't going to make it. And where was the Lord in that? And I remember at that time, um, Libby, who's a friend of ours, had was just texting back and forth with me and we were talking about the concept of storm. And she made the statement that, Crystal, what if God is the storm? What if all of this is exactly what God is doing, that he's the one at work? It's not that the enemy is going to overpower you or the emotional distress I felt over what I was going through was what was coming against me. What if God himself was using the storm into my life, which has turned out to be true? And so when I was able to wrap my mind around the fact that God wanted to do something in my life through this storm and through this pain, I was able to begin to quiet myself enough that I could reach out for him. And the way that that happened for me was just a couple worship songs. And so I really think a choice along with scripture like and what you've been talking about is just to turn to worship. And if you can't sing or say the words, and I couldn't, I couldn't sing worship songs for a good probably year and a half, but I could listen. And so I would do that and I would listen. And one of the ones that I listened to quite a bit was a Shane and Shane song based on Psalm 34, 4, which says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. And I would just play that on repeat. But that I feel like that kind of a choice allowed the, the faith roots to begin to grow and also allowed what God needed to like cut away from me when it came to my fears and what that was rooted in. It was choices like that in that moment of just letting the worship of who God is, even if I couldn't say it, just to be in the presence of that. So that's, I think, a good thing people can do as well is crank up the worship music, find something that put, starts talking about who God is. Right. And I love that because I think so often when we are in the middle of a storm, we experience not even having the strength to, I I don't even know where to start. I just feel overwhelmed and I'm exhausted and I'm beaten down and I'm struggling with depression. And we have to remember that we serve a merciful God that comes running after us when we don't have the energy to even seek him. You know, God's word says that no one comes to the father unless the father draws him or her to himself. God's doing the drawing. We're doing the responding. And I just love that reminder, Crystal, that for those of us that are listening to this podcast that are in that pit, they're in the middle of the storm and they're beat down and they're exhausted. And they're saying, God, I love you and I believe in you, but I'm just so weary. I need you to fight for me. It can be as simple as turning on a worship song. And saying, that's all I can do today, I believe. I'm not giving up on you, Lord, but I need you to fight for me because I can't fight today. And I need to experience you reaching for me and fighting for me through a passage of scripture that I'm playing on Audible or, you know, through a worship song that I'm playing on YouTube. Like, I can let it wash over me and receive it. And you're not going to judge me or condemn me if I'm not picking up my physical Bible and reading it for two hours today. You're still going to love me and you're still going to meet me where I am in this storm. 
So Crystal, thank you so much. I think there could not be a better illustration of what you just shared of God being the storm, coming to us in the storm. Because again, I I think it bears repeating, Jesus set this up for the disciples to experience because he wanted to hold a mirror up to them. His desire for us is that we not just speak platitudes and Christianese and say that we have a faith because the truth is, and this is a tough one, the truth is after 20 plus years of ministry, I don't believe we have faith if, if it's never tested. You have to have your faith tested to even know if it's true and if it stands. And if you have a root system at all, it needs to be tested by a storm. So I believe that Jesus set this up and I believe that God uses the difficult things in our lives to strengthen our faith root system, but to draw us to himself. So Crystal, thank you so much for being here this week. I'd love to Talk about another story of Jesus in Mark chapter 5 next week, if you wouldn't mind. And I would love it if you would close us in prayer. And would you pray specifically for the listeners that are in that storm right now, that they would keep their eyes on Jesus. And if all they can do is turn on a worship song, that they would choose to shove that fear back, keep their eyes on Jesus and say, I choose faith. I choose that you are who you say you are today, God, in my life. Oh, Father love so much about this story that when the disciples came and cried out to Jesus that he immediately got up and responded to them. Lord, we know that you are listening. You are seeing the the cries of your people. You hear the worries, the concerns, the pains, the questions, the doubts, the fears, all of it, Lord. You you are not asleep. And you are listening. And so my prayer would be, Lord, for those that are in the middle of it right now, that you would just wash over them with such a strong sense of the reality of the fact that you are paying attention to them, that you see them, that you know them, that you are at work, that they are loved, Lord, and ultimately that you can be trusted. Everything else in this world is going to fail. Everything else we would put our hope in is going to fail, but you can be trusted, Lord. And so I pray that you would just lift up the heads of those that are downcast, that those are those who are afraid, that you would calm their hearts and their spirits. Thank you for your love and your patience. Thank you that you love us enough to take us through the storms. We know that we can trust you. We know we can trust you, Lord. We've seen you work in our own lives, and we love you. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyander. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.